Even in this time of darkness, Father, we can see a pathway through. We need you right now. Almighty God, we're in a critical hour. And we all need to be made fully aware of it. We need your helping hand, Almighty God. Grant special anointing from the throne of God. Arouse and stir. May that not be a casual soul here. But may every heart be arrested by the power of God. May the word of God penetrate and find free course in the life of each one. That soul that's verging on eternity, whose blind and darkened mind. We pray that open their understanding today. They might see, Lord God, that they have a never dying soul. The time that know them now will soon know them no more. So, Lord, bless, we pray. Glorify yourself in the entire remaining phase of this service. And we'll praise your name for it. Amen. Fifteenth chapter, the book of Acts. We'll begin at verse 23. And they wrote letters by them after this manner. The apostles and elders and brethren send greeting unto the brethren which are of the Gentiles in Antioch and Syria and Cilicia. For as much as we have heard that certain which went out from us have troubled you with words subverting your souls, saying ye must be circumcised and keep the law to whom we gave no such commandment. It seemed good to us, being assembled with one accord, to send chosen men unto you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men that have hazarded their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have sent therefore Judas and Silas, who shall also tell you the same thing by mouth. For it seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things. They give thanks for meat offered to idols and from blood and from things strangled and from fornication from which, if ye keep yourselves, ye shall do well. Fare ye well. Verse 28. For it seemed good to the Holy Ghost. Our thought this morning, pleasing the Holy Ghost. This was perhaps one of the most critical times and situations that the early church faced. Uh, a situation had arisen concerning ordinances and doctrine which could have ripped the early church right down the middle. There were those who had gone out from them who were yet holding certain facets of Judaism, saying that you indeed must be circumcised to be saved. And inasmuch as the new converts were not that well indoctrinated, 
they did not know whether they should accept it or not. And uh, they did not really have the written word at that time. So they had to submit this all-important issue to the elders and the apostles. And one spoke after one manner and one after another. Then they reached a conclusion and sent the answer to the churches and said that it seemed good to the Holy Ghost. Now, evidently, there are those who have not gone quite this far. You see, there are those who feel that if indeed their conduct pleases the congregation or at least a certain segment of the congregation then everything is good and well. It's good to have the approbation of those that we are worshiping with. Those of our associates. But the one, the deciding factor in our spirituality is whether or not we please the Holy Ghost. And in every issue that we face, you either pleases or displeases the Holy Ghost. Every individual that eventually falls or has fallen from our race, it will be caused somewhere along the way in most instances, even before the final calamity, they did not plead the Holy Ghost. Are you praying with me? We are living in the Holy Ghost dispensation. You follow? You see, and this is the most uh, intricate age in which we've ever lived. Now, under the law, you live up to the letter of it, and you were clear. You understand? And they argued that whether or not they were right or wrong by the legal aspect of it. Come on. Uh, your heart might not have been in agreement with what you were doing. But if you lived up to the letter of it, they couldn't touch you. You understand? But now, we are living in the Holy Ghost disposition. You might well be condemned and cut off before we recognize any wrong. Or in fact, we might not even agree that you are wrong. This is a tremendous thing we're dealing with. Brother, many times you wonder why people utterly fall because what? They did not plead the Holy Ghost Therefore, the Holy Ghost refused to support them any longer. Amen. You see, the only inspiration that we have comes from the Holy Ghost. And if he is grieved or displeased, he no longer supports us. And you can't go so far on your own, your personal inspiration. 
Now I want to show you something. You pray with me hard here. Now, uh, these brethren had to stay in conference in diligent seeking until they got the manifest approval of the Holy Ghost. Why? The whole future of the church was depending on whether or not they contacted the Holy Ghost. You it? You might think little of it. But they want every time you come face to face with an important issue. Your future salvation is dependent on whether or not you please the Holy Ghost. Most people stop short. They don't have enough spiritual fortitude, enough of the love of God in their soul to go on and wait and see what the Holy Ghost has to say. Their flesh begin to cry. Amen. Their passion begin to rage. Their minds begin to wonder. And they break out even with the sounds of the Holy Ghost resting upon them. But the Holy Ghost might wait 10 years just to see whether or not you're going to move before you get his approval. You might ask God for an answer and he might stand back for five years just to see what you're going to do. To see if you're going to act before he gives you his approval. To see if you're going to run out the gate before he opens it. Sometimes I've seen the Holy Ghost stand back and I wonder whether I will ever get an answer. And I say, Lord, you know I want to please you. I want to do exactly what you would have me do. Why don't you, what should I do, Lord? Wait. And don't do anything. He's all right then. Do you have my approval right now? Yes, Lord. Well, you know you're right now, don't you? Well, if you love me enough, you'll stay right until you know you can do something else and be right. If you never know it, you'll never move. You wonder sometimes why God will not make a thing crystal clear to you. There's a reason for that, brother. God leaves us in the fog just to see whether we're going to the left or to the right. If he writes everything in quite a black, you do it whether you love him or not. You do it because you have to do it. But God said, no, I don't want that. I'm going to leave it nebulous. I'm going to leave it unclear to see if you're going to give me the benefit of the doubt. Now, you know you're not crystal clear about this or that, but just because you think you might be able to be justified if you're in the flesh, if you don't love me like you are, you're going to do that which pleases you. Come on with me now. There's a, a, there was a double uh, affirmative here. It seemed good to us and the Holy Ghost. But most people leave off the other part. It seemed good to me. It seemed good to us. But brother, but what you ask amen to your flesh. But what the Holy Ghost is saying might be uh, conversely. Look, brother, the reason why we have a standing congregation today, the reason why there's power in our midst, 
is because there were those who were willing to give up the flesh forever if necessary to make sure they were in order with the Holy Ghost. If they couldn't get it at clear day, then they'd leave it alone altogether. And they, they wouldn't put it in the drawer for a moment and look at it every five minutes. They put it, pray that we got in the incinerator. Brother, let me tell you something. Congregations are in apostasy. Groups are in apostasy. Why? Because they would not wait until they worked it out to the satisfaction of the Holy Ghost. They never crucified the flesh. The flesh began to cry, rant and rage. And it seemed good to the flesh. Because they knew that this might cause a conflict. Suppose in their efforts to preserve the flesh they had given in. The church thereafter would have been everlastingly confused. Brother, issues are arriving today, brother, and men and preachers and groups are making decisions in favor of the flesh. And brother, they won't even consider it if you put the question on the floor. No, no, we've already dealt with that. Amen. They, won't, they, won't, they are not willing to deal with the issue. And to see whether or not it ple actually pleased the Holy Ghost or whether we just jumped up and did something. Or whether we just inherited it and we find that we're doing it. But uh, evidently, there's a reason for the lack of the manifestation of the power of God. So let's get before God and see what it is and see what actually pleases the Holy Ghost. Amen. We all agree and admit that there's something wrong. We admit that sicknesses are dragging along too long. We admit that the power of God not manifest like it ought to be. Come on. We admit that souls not being convicted as they could be. Well, all right, let's get together and see what pleases the Holy Ghost. Let's see whether or not falls. If there might be a Jonah on board. There might be a Jonah doctrine on board. There might be a Jonah practice on board. There might be something that needs to be cast overboard into the sea. And see what actually pleases the Holy Ghost. Not what pleases a certain group of influential people. Brother, let me tell you something. You get to the one, those that have ears in here this morning. If you will adopt this, if you will promise down in your heart, if you will decree this morning, if you haven't already, Lord, every situation that I face that is surrounded by question marks, I vow that I'll not make a move until I'm absolutely certain that I pleaded the Holy Ghost. Now, if I have to petrify like this, I'll do it. You can't go into apostasy. And it's necessary sometimes, brother, to deal with the situations to this extent. Brother, now I'm going to tell you something. There was a time, there was a day, when there were ministers and groups that you could depend on. And when they made a decision, you could decide that's the right decision. But brother, right now, we're living in a time now where we're just about where they were. Brother, we've got to do what seemed good to the Holy Ghost. Amen. All right. In first, or uh, second Peter, rather, chapter one, and about verse 21, Ah, uh, the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake 
as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. You get the connotation here, they one. These men stood trembling, would not move until the Holy Ghost moved them. Why? They knew that everything depended on them being prompted or moved by the Holy Ghost. And brother, it's just as important now. If the devil ever gets you to minimize, ever gets you to minimize the effects of not pleasing the Holy Ghost. Come on. If he ever gets you to overlook it and think that it makes no difference, you are in a dangerous predicament and you can rest assured that the handwriting is on the wall. Quite You understand, brother? Let me show you something. You see, I'm going to show you something. There's always a safe way out. You understand, brother? If you're not sure, don't do it. There's a safe way out. Well, I might miss something. You might miss hell, too. Come on. There's a safe way. You might have to suffer a little bit, brother. But you just sing the song, one moment with more than repay. Whatever you might enjoy while here. Amen. Amen. I'm going to tell you something, D1. Even if you have to wake up some things in your life and take it back to court again. If you have to have a second court session on it. Amen. Lord, I'm trying to figure out why I'm not blessed. I'm trying to figure out what happened to my joy. I'm trying to uh, figure out what daunted my faith. Amen. There must be somewhere along the way I didn't please you. There must be somewhere that I ran roughshod over the head of the Holy Ghost and just did it anyway. You watch it. You watch it, they want. As I've told you before, people's fire don't just go out. The joy of God just does not arbitrarily leave the soul of an individual. You understand? Brother, there is a real genuine specific reason. Come on. When you began, they want to dandle with the forbidden or the questionable, you are headed for calamity as sure as I'm alive. You might resort to self-justification. You might go and have your own little private court. But if you're headed, you're headed for calamity, you're fixing to seal up your joy bell for eternity. Brother, you all, you see how delicately they dealt with this situation? And finally, they seem good to the Holy Ghost. We couldn't hand down a decision, brother, until we agreed, until we got God to speak to us in a way that unmistakably. That's how we got the infallible Word of God. Holy men of God speak as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Over in Luke chapter 22, about verse 39. This, to me, is one of the most stirring passages 
in the entire Bible. And he came out and went as he was wont to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples also followed him. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, Pray that ye enter not into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone cast, and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Jesus had prayed till his friend was depleted. Will you please follow me? But dear one, he was not convinced. He did not get the witness that he had pleased the Holy Ghost in prayer. He did not have the relief of having prayed through to the Holy Ghost satisfaction. I'm not sure at this point how long he had agonized before God, but I, it must have been a long, wearisome thing because all of his strength was gone and an angel had to come. Please pray with me. This is what tears me asunder. How it is that people feel that Jesus had to go to such length in his attempt to please the Holy Ghost and we can just make a choice off the end of our finger, don't know whether we're right or wrong. We can just make a snap judgment like this and half condemned and half clear and don't know whether I'm right or wrong or whether I'm going into something that's going to be calamitous or whatever. But Jesus went to that length to pray through the smallest issue. He would not leave regardless until he was certain that the Holy Ghost was pleased about the matter. He didn't just jump up and say, well, take it by faith and go and do it anyway. Oh, I'm going to let the Lord tell me later if I'm wrong. You might be in hell by that time. He might be taking the judgment. Well, I'm going to go into this. If I'm wrong, I, I leave it over to the Lord to tell me. That's from the devil. You don't enter anything questionable and wait and see what the Lord is going to say about it later. If you happen to be wrong, then you, you're, you're taking the judgment. You don't enter into a situation if you don't know. You don't go into it and then decide later whether I'm right or wrong. Oh, may God have mercy. We're in a tremendous time. And may God help us to see this. All right? Say, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him, and being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly. Why? Why would a man, after he's already exhausted himself, after every nerve in his body had almost uh, been worked beyond measure, why would he just keep on grinding his own soul? Why? He wanted to please the Holy Ghost. He said, Lord, I'll not accept a second-rate answer. I'll not just say that I will be done and go about my business. I want to know that I please you before I make another move. When you come up before God with something questionable, 
And he said, what'd you do? Well, Lord, I didn't know. He said, with Jesus, or uh, he's like, when I didn't submit, I went before the Father. And I stayed there until I got it clear. And he didn't move the cup, but I drank it anyway. You see, the one most people don't have enough in their soul to go before God to accept the cup. They go and stay there trying to get him to move the cup. But brother, they don't have enough in their soul to actually drink the cup. I'm telling you something. There are some bitter cups. Brother, there's going to be some cups of gold. We're going to have to drink. As sure as you are living today, there are going to be some cups of gold. We're going to have to drink. If you don't have something in your soul that can digest that bitterness, you got something on your head. Now, you think you just save and going to sweep on to heaven and do what comes naturally, and when something difficult comes, I just go and do it and just keep on shouting? You're going to take some bitter cups, brother. Some cups you'd rather be dead than drink. Now, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. And brother Jesus dealt with this in the human. Look, this is what I'll keep reminding you of. Jesus didn't deal with this thing as God. When Jesus went in the garden, that was not God going in the garden. You understand? He went in there as a man. He went in there with his flesh being affected just like my flesh and your flesh. For him to pray 12 hours in agony would be just the same as you doing it. When he prayed and burst the blood vessels in his body, it would be just the same as you doing it. He felt the same way, identically. He did it as a human being, as full man. He didn't do it as God. Now you better that in mind when you say that Jesus. And it was an example for us. In what respect? When you come face to face with a troublesome, with a with a, a agonizing situation, when you come face to face with the bitterest situation you've ever faced, where everything hinges on, that maybe make you wish you were never born, he said, look, there's a way out of it. There's a way to get an answer to it. There's a way to come out victorious if you're willing to go that far. So when you get in the judgment and you try to offer an excuse for not going that far, he'll point you back to the garden. You know, you could have gotten the victory. Yes, you could have too. You could have gotten the victory clear. You could have got this thing clear and shouted right on. You could have done it. You could have done it. But you wouldn't go far enough in the annihilation of the flesh. You wouldn't get that fleshy mind destroyed, and it destroyed you. And that's what's going to eventually happen to all of us. Unless that fleshy mind is destroyed. You can write that down in your little book this morning. Peer an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening in him, and being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly. He said, look, I, I'm sure the forces of hell were surrounding him. He said, Lord, you, you prayed already. You've almost ruined your health. You're going to burst your heart frame. You've already prayed and, until you have no strength. If God don't hear you now, suddenly he won't hear you. Jesus, I'm not saying you. He said, I'm going to get my answer. You understand? I'm going to have the approval of the Holy Ghost before I leave this garden. And instead of getting up, instead of being discouraged, the Bible, he prayed more earnestly. You pray a little superficial prayer, Lord, what is your will? And go and do what you want to do. Oh, may God have mercy. This is the kind of gospel they want that's going to burn up the seas. If we aren't careful. 
All right. And being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was, as it were, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Have your agony equal that in your attempt to get the answer? Will you go that far before you go into something that might displease God? Or do you make a decision in the heat of your passion? In the vexation of your soul? Premature. When he rose from prayer and was come to his disciples, he found them sleeping for sorrow said unto them why sleep ye rise and pray rise and pray Lord have mercy lest you into the temptation said boys can't you see what you're up against man don't you know this is no time to sleep don't you realize your eternal soul is at stake and you're about saving the flesh can't you see that You fool around and enter into temptation. You fool around and get too close to a situation. You fool around and become involved and you can't get out of it. You fool around and play with the devil. The devil keeps entering you, mess around, and you enter into the thing. And then you'll lose your soul before you're back and you can't back out of it. So you fool around and enter into this thing, brother. But you know what? You, you better be. You ought to be out there in that garden praying with me. Praise God, you up there sleeping, all this kind of thing. And he knew exactly what he was talking about because some of them did in the same day and they fell and some of them lost their souls and very true. See, you might think it's insignificant. You might think it's just an, uh, a narrative in the Bible, brother, but there's a lesson in that thing you better get. Because, brother, they did not do it. Judas and in the temptation with a spirit of covetousness, brother, and he couldn't overcome it. He lost his soul. Peter entered into a temptation where pressure was involved and backslid and lost out with God. And the other just held on by a thread because the Bible says they all forsook him and fled. Jesus, you ought to be praying. If they had hung with Jesus in the garden, but I believe they could have gone through the same way. And Jesus asked them to do it. But this is the situation here. Let me show you something. We're talking about knowing God's will, this kind of thing. But look, God will ask you to do it. If you don't do it, he leaves it up to you. He ain't going to make you do it. God is not going to any extra length to prove anything to you or make you do anything. He looked, oh, here it is. Now I'm going to give you the word. I'll send you a message to show you how to do it. And if you don't want to do it, then you're going to do it the way you want to do it. Come on, just like you did to the disciples. Look, now you guys can make it. All of you have to make it. I called you. Now, if you want to hang with me and want to pray the thing through, you can make it. But now because your flesh begins to call for sleep, and you know you don't have victory, you know you don't have the answer, and you got to go and want to live ordinarily, want to go and relax like everybody else, well, then you can have it. Do it your way. But you'll see the calamitous results. You'll see the calamitous results, brother. People here this morning, many have not prayed through. Many do not have the answers that they desire. There are those who no doubt wrestling with situation right now and put the right foot all the way across the line. Why? Because they wouldn't hang in the garden until they got the answer. Let the devil cut, cut some of the false answers. But go on and let God tell you later. Pray about it afterward and let God, God will show you if you're wrong. Yeah, he will in the judgment. Some people will not know that they're wrong until they get before God in the judgment. Brother, why? Because God has told them enough. He has told them often and clear enough, and he won't tell them anymore until 
they get before the white throne of God. It's you your life. It's you your life. That's why, brother, right now, Lord, help me. Brother, when I come face to face with the situation, regardless of what it involves, what it means, I know God in heaven is big enough to make me know what he wants me to know. And if for some reason you don't choose me, no, I'm going to say, well, I know I'm right. You understand? Now, God can speak in tones of thunder if it's necessary. So if he doesn't do it, he's got a reason for not doing it. You can make it to heaven, brother, if, you, if you're willing to pay the price. You can make it, don't you? you can, oh, you can make it. We all can make it. Won't nobody be able to get before the judgment bar of God. So, Lord, you know, I would have made it if. No, it won't be no if. Because he got an answer for everything that's coming your way. God got an answer for it. And it's in the word of God. But it might be too much for you. All right. When he rose from prayer, the Bible said he found them sleeping. He said, you better pray. He just had gotten through praying. He said, you better pray. They prayed a little while, but they didn't pray through. He said, you better pray, and you better pray hard. Because you mess around and enter into temptation and get under the spirit of the thing you're messing with, Dad don't need to be talking to you. Amen. Dad don't need to be talking to you. Then what happened to Peter? Jesus knew what was going to happen to him. He said, anything messing with him, he doesn't. He got a little backsliding spirit on him. So he didn't mess with him. Why? He messed around and got entered into this thing. Judas had entered into it. Jesus did all he could, but he couldn't get him out of it. He dipped a sop and gave it to him and everything else, but he couldn't get him out of it. He entered into it. I'm going to tell you something about playing with temptation, day one. I'm going to tell you about getting too close to the thing. I'm going to tell you about keep on messing with things. Look, there's a difference in being tempted and entering into a temptation. Now you better get me. Now, we cannot prevent being tempted. That's the devil altogether. But you can not enter into it. Oh, yes, you can do. You don't have to enter into it. I know you don't. Brother, whenever the devil presents things to me, I have entered into it a few times. And only by the grace of God, I made it out. You understand? But whenever the, one, the devil presents a temptation to me, I have to choose whether or not I am going to enter into it. Now you can let the devil let you go on and relax and just say, I just fight my way out of it if you want to. None of us have the personal wherewithal to continue to fight our way out of temptation, brother. That's why he gave us a deterrent against it. Don't go into it. Don't enter into it. Don't enter into it. Don't place yourself in a predicament where you got to fight out. Maybe you did fight your way out several times. But don't place yourself in a predicament where you got to fight out. Don't enter into it. Jesus, you better get up. You better stay on your face before God. Why? Because some things are going to be so attractive. And sometimes relief will be so sweet that you're going to find yourself going right up face to face with it. If you don't pray. If you pray hard and keep the inspiration, you'll stay away from it. No, no. No, no. No, no. Thank God, as soon as I see a situation coming where I might deny Christ, I'm going to commit myself. Make sure I don't back up. I won't wait until the pressure gets on because I might fail. I won't enter into it. Look, I'm one of the disciples. Do what you want to do to me. Why? Because he prayed up. He said, I'm prayed up. I'm ready for it. Praise our God. Mess around. Think about it too long. Mess with it too long. You think about relief more than your soul. You think you better pray. You better pray hard. You said, praise God, because if you enter into it, you might or you might not come out of it. Your soul will lose its value 
when you enter into temptation, brother? Do you know when you actually enter into temptation, it does something to your mind? You don't even value your soul as you do under normal circumstances. Brother, you know, you know, you don't value the fact that I've been praying and fasting for five or six or seven, eight years. And that I'm now verging on losing uh, seven or eight years of, of wonderful experience with God. I paraded across the floor in ecstasy night after night. You forget all of that. I know it. When you enter the temptation, brother, as soon as you get there, your mind begins to change. Your values begin to shift. Your perspective becomes become jumbled. I know I'm right, brother. Listen, don't you know they want people that have fought this thing out for 15 and 20 years? Don't you know they know better than to throw their experiences away? Don't you know they don't want to toss all that to the wind, but they enter into temptation and they don't see it the same way? When you're full of fire, full of illumination, brother, you don't want to get close to anything that will be a threat to your salvation. Amen! But begin to play around and get cold and get in the flesh, amen, and stuff your belly and all that kind of thing, and your salvation will become less and less valuable. You'll begin to trade your values. Things that were so significant to you will not be anymore. That's how you can determine how close you are to God. How you're willing to finagle with things that you know could be a detriment to your soul and your experience, to your joy, to your spiritual well-being. I would say when he rose up in prayer, and while he yet spake, behold, the multitude came. There he is, right behind what he said, right behind the message. Here they are. He that was called Judas, one of the twelve, went before them and drew near unto Jesus to kiss him. Jesus said unto him, Judas, betray thou the son of man with a kiss. Lord have mercy. Jesus kept a right relationship with God and nothing could slip up on him, brother. Oh, I wish I could preach this thing down in your soul today. Brother, you, if you do like the Holy Ghost says, if you obey the message, brother, nothing won't slip up on you. You won't find yourself always trying to crawl out of a thing backwards and all this kind of thing. Brother, you'll stay up to par with it. The Holy Ghost will constantly illuminate and warn you. Brother, all kind of alarms will begin to go off warning you of the impending danger, the approaching danger. Amen. Amen. Praise God, that Jesus saw what was coming. Jesus saw the cross approaching. And he knew that humanly, he couldn't take it. He knew that his human mind just could not pull it in. I don't care if he was the son of God. But in the flesh, his flesh was like your flesh, in my flesh. And he knew he just couldn't do it, or agree to it, or accept it. So he had to pray until he could. Not only say, well, I guess if that's my lot, I just have to take it. Not that, but he had to accept it in a favorable fashion. All right. Many people just make some quick decisions that favor themselves. All of this confusion and negative attitudes and all this kind of thing, brother. But you know, if you fight that thing through with God, you would have those attitudes. No, sir. No, sir. When the devil, devil, let me tell you this, even this morning, 
I've struggled with the devil so hard trying to bring all kind of mess, brother. And I couldn't, if I had submitted to that foolishness, I couldn't even preach this morning. That's right, brother. That's so true. What I had to do? I had to fight it. And many times it's involving you all. You never know. Maybe you, maybe you've been such a test to me that, that you're about to drive me out of it. Maybe you've been such a test. Maybe you've been, and you, you, you never know it. You never know. What have I got to do? I've got to fight it until it don't affect me. I've got to do just like Jesus and not my will but thine. I can't mess with somebody I'm going to pray about it. But i got to fight the thing through because i got to keep going. Thank God. I can't let the thing pile up on me. Mess around. Let that pile up on me. Then by, by the time I go home, i got several more things. And by the time I come back to church and i got three or four more things, i got too many things on me. You got this to try to pray through and that to try to pray through and then things are constantly coming. Then we find you on the outside. Too many things. You let it pile up on you. See, I, there's a way to do that. Go on and deal with it. Well, look, Lord, if you don't show me, well, then you just be there. I'm sorry. I'm going to do something else. I ain't going to let it pile up on me. Praise the Lord God. Let it be occupying my mind and then here comes something else and something else and something else and I got all these things stacked up on me, just stacking up constantly. Pretty soon I won't be able to move. I'm going to deal with it. Now, if I don't know what to do with it, I'm going to put it, I ain't going to do nothing with it and go about my business and do something else. You can make heaven, brother. Bless the Lord forever. In Acts chapter 16, one chapter over, verse 6. Now when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia, after they were come to Mysia, they are saved to go into Bithynia. But the Spirit suffered them not. Hallelujah to God forever. Do you notice this intricate and intimate relationship they have with the Holy Ghost? Brother, the Holy Ghost is a alive, real person. You understand me? Then maybe you don't know anything about it. The Holy Ghost, they look. And brother, they have to please the Holy Ghost. They could just go on down there, I'm going, I'm, a, I'm going forth down here in Phrygia. No, you don't. But they have to please the Holy Ghost. Bible was forbidden the Holy Ghost. No, boy. Nope. And brother, they had to have such a relationship that when the Holy Ghost pulled the switch, they knew it. Nope. Leave it alone. Don't preach there. Don't go forth there, brother. Go forth all you want. Don't go forth there. Okay, then what? Pray down, God. We go forth down here. There neither. Holy Ghost is not there neither. I'll let you know when. Just keep on walking. I'll let you know when. No need to ask me. I'll let you know when. Just keep on going until I say something. Well, Lord, what about this? There's something you don't even need to mess with, brother. There's something you don't need to pray about and, and put it on the shelf. Say, look, Lord, if you want me to touch this anymore, you got to let me know it. I'm through with it. I'm going, I'm going to do something else. I'm going to keep on going. I'm not going to hang here. Well, I'm going to say right here until God tells me something. You better keep on going. Yeah, 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 amen, brother. You better keep on going and try to stay with the saints of God and get something else in your soul. Hang around here around the flesh part and God will never let you eat out of it. Lord, what about the day, Lord? Can I, can I, I got my fork. Can I dig in this flesh part today? The same part, isn't it? But you may well dump it. <laughs> oh, my God, help us, brother. This is a tremendous thing. My God, help us. I'm going to tell you something, praise the Lord God. You, you, the, in the minutest detail, the minutest detail, 
Brother, people's in a mess, wound up in knots and everything else today. Why? Because they're walking distance, following their fleshy minds, knowing not what the Holy Ghost is saying. Holy Ghost trying to forbid them, they're going on anyway. Holy Ghost ain't going on, they're trying to wait around and see what's going to happen next. Chaos. That's the result. Chaos in every case. My God. Brother, this is the New Testament church and New Testament saints function as the Holy Ghost dictates. And you can't get around to save your life. You just can't, brother. Now you can go and do what come naturally. You can lose, uh, lose your place with him and lose sight of him and just go and do what you think best. You might or might not make out. But brother, there is no safe guide but to follow the Holy Ghost precisely. Amen. The Holy Ghost Forbade him to do it. The Holy Ghost is a person, brother, and a distinct person. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 15, we read, Wherefore the Holy Ghost also, praise God, glory to God, is a witness to us. After that he said before, the Holy Ghost is a witness to us. Brother, will you please pray hard with me? Look, please, do you know all that you know about your experience? The Holy Ghost has to tell you. Don't you know you never would know you were saved if the Holy Ghost didn't witness unto you? Don't you realize that, brother? And don't you know if you fool around and he don't witness to you, you just in a shuffle? Lord, listen. Don't you know if you can't do a genuine shout anymore in this yeah, life yeah, and the Holy Ghost doesn't witness that you're right? That's right. And you're going to fool around with him? Yeah. And all of your spiritual well-being depends on whether or not he's pleased? That's why Paul said you better work it out with fear and trembling. Lord, is that, should I do it, Lord? Or should I do it? Lord, am I in your will? Father, should I go or should I stay? Fearing lest you cross him. And people doing what they want to do, when they want to do it, don't know the difference. That's, hey, brother, that's too grievous. Don't pray nothing through. Just strike out. If, a, if, a, if, a, if an opportunity is open, if they got enough money, if they got the wherewithal, they got a ticket, they're going. That's sad, brother. The Holy Ghost is a witness, brother. And, and he doesn't witness no foolishness. You fool around, you'll never get another witness. He knows when to witness. And let me tell you this too, brother. Let me tell you this. Let me show you this. Now, many people seem to be confused about the Holy Ghost witnesses. But look, I don't care how much the devil accuses. I don't care what the gainsayer has to say. The Holy Ghost can witness to you so clear that everything else is swept into oblivion. You can say, the devil, I'm not saved. The Holy Ghost can witness to you so clear that I don't care what the devil says. You know you're saved. And about his will. You say, I'm confused. I'm hearing so many voices. The Holy Ghost can speak so distinctly, you know what you're hearing. But you got to please him to get him to witness. That's the whole question. You got to please him to get him to witness. People run around two and three or four or five years, don't get no kind of witness. You got to please him. He can witness anything. Now you might, you might back me in a corner and prove, try to prove a point to me, and I might say, well, okay, maybe you're right. But not the Holy Ghost. Not the Holy Ghost, 
Not the Holy Ghost. You don't bluff him and push him back and out talk him. You might have a polished tongue and out talk me or, or might just overwhelm me. But not the Holy Ghost. When the Holy Ghost witness, brother, you're right. You understand? And the Holy Ghost say, okay, you can go. You can, you can start out running. You can strike out. You can do your several laps when he said, because you're right. You're absolutely right. But on the other hand, if the Holy Ghost, did the Holy Ghost try to do it? Holy Ghost, can I go? You can run all you please. If the Holy Ghost don't say nothing, if the Holy Ghost doesn't witness, I mean do cartwheels, if you will. You're not getting anywhere. If the Holy Ghost is not witnessing to it, you better leave it alone. I warn you, I pray thee. Praise the living God forever. And none of us are so authoritative that we can just take it on ourselves because I know so much, I'm so experienced and all that, that I can just go and do it because of my knowledge. Because I've been dealing with it for years. Brother, in each situation, I've got to get a witness from the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost is his own witness. Wherefore, the Holy Ghost also is the witness to us that after he had said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I put my glory to God. I put my law into their heart. Why is that hard? So you can say, Lord, I did wrong because I left my little catalog of laws. I couldn't pronounce that word on page 715, so I did wrong. He said, oh, no, I'm, I'm going to fix that. You might lose your little catalog and your little law book and everything else. I'm going to fix that. I'm going to put it down in your heart, and as soon as you get close to it, you're going to hear something back up. You're going to see a red light that flop. Now, you might go run on through it, you, but you're going to lose your driver's license. I'm going to take your driver's license if you do. You might go in anyway. Let me tell you, brother. Listen. Even before I got saved, the Holy Ghost was forbidding me to do that. I was a little old boy like this. I can remember. So I know with you tell about salvation, you ought to be able to know something. I can remember as distinctly as I'm standing here times, I just went against the Holy Ghost when I was this tall. Why? The Holy Ghost would forbid me to do it. Don't do it, son. Many times in my obstinacy and my perverseness, I just did it anyway. But brother, I was forbidden. I can remember it distinctly. And those were fearful moments. And you're going to tell me you don't know? You're going to tell me you don't have no kind of indication? You've had no kind of warning? There's been no prohibition? Don't you tell me, praise our God. Let me tell you something, brother. If I get mess around with too many questions, I'm, I'm, I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm wondering what's the matter with me. Why can I do all this stuff and they don't feel bad about it? Don't feel no kind of restriction. No inward inhibition. What's the matter with me, praise our God? I used to be sensitive about everything. Everything used to be a, a, a matter of importance, but now I can just go on and do what I will and come to church, don't come, do this, don't eat, and lay down as long as I want to, do what I please to do. I was convicted about it one time, but it looked like now I don't feel no more. That's not good. That's not in your favor. 
said, I'm going, this is the covenant that I will make with them. After those days, said the Lord, I put my law in their hearts and in their minds. And as soon as you think, you're going to think about it because it's going to be in your mind. Now, the only way you're going to get rid of it is quit thinking. Get around that, if you will. Well, the Lord, Lord, the brother, the brother hasn't been preached about that much. I was around it two years, and I never heard him bring a sermon on that. In your heart and in your mind. God wrote it there. And the only way you're going to eradicate it is seal your conscience. And become reprobate. And when you start messing with it, you're not unto reprobation. Hearts and their minds, God said, I'm going to write them. And praise God when he said, and he did it, but then he has done it. So people are not doing things out of ignorance now, brother. You understand me? Not with the light that God has shown. Besides his word, besides the messages, the Holy Ghost himself is dealing precisely. That thing is alive in the heart of every God. The Bible said that light lightens every man that comes into the world. Even the heathen going to be judged by it. The Bible said over in Romans chapter 2, brother. The Bible said their conscience either are condemning or commending them, or excusing them. So the heathen going to be there. You certainly ought to be aware of it. Come on. I think we're going to stop. We're going to stop. Because I think we've gone about far enough. I believe we need to deal with this thing. Now it's time to deal with it. Praise God. I got a lot more scripture, but I'm not messing with it. I feel a prohibition here. Amen. Now, the Holy Ghost doesn't speak to the air. He doesn't speak to the air, brother. Now, when God brings you something, you'd better do like Jesus did. You better go to the garden. You better go to the garden. Otherwise, you're going to the graveyard. We're in a tremendous time. Did one? I keep telling people, you know, just get saved and breathe on. Now, I'm going to tell you, you're going to have to pay this the proper price. You're going to do as God say do. And if you keep on pushing over, you won't have no consciousness at all. If you want help of God, God's got it for you. If you're humble enough to admit that you need help, you can come to the altar, you can go to the prayer room, whichever you prefer. And they want it's time to deal with it. Not just going to try to get a little something off your conscience, but going to deal with some things. Now you may well decide that because you're not going so far if you don't do it. You, you may well decide that this morning. Shall we stand? You have a choice. You have a choice. May God have mercy. May God have mercy. Brother, people are violating the law of God that's written in their heart in many cases. They're openly and flagrantly doing it. And it's too serious a matter. It is too serious a matter. People are entering into temptations, brother, that they ought not to be entering into. They're entering into things that is totally unnecessary. And I am mighty afraid, I'm mighty afraid, I'm mighty afraid, if people aren't careful, it's going to be to the eternal detriment of some. Why? 
See, God is speaking too distinctly. He's not speaking in dark phrases any longer. He's not speaking in a hidden parable that you've got to unravel. He's speaking distinctly by his son. Amen. And it's time to decide, dear ones. It's time to come to grips with some things. Amen. It's time to get before God in the garden of prayer and pray until God speaks distinctly to our hearts. It, it, it's sad how some people are going around with no joy, their hearts being a desert place week in and week out when all that they have to do is just go on and deal with some things and go on and, and shout and even might be hard on the flesh, but at least you'll have something in your soul. The devil make you think if you hold on to it, in other words, if you give it up, it's going to really be all tragic. But I tell you what, it's going to be tragic to hold to it. Get the question marks away, they want. If you're not sure it pleases the Holy Ghost, please dispense of it. Now I'm telling you. Amen. Let it go. Turn it loose. Turn it loose. And if it means that much to you, then it might mean enough for you to die with. Amen. See, if, if you had everything on the altar, it wouldn't be so difficult. Amen. If people were as submitted as many people say, they could ask God with all sincerity to have his way. But they won't let me tell you something. That's just the cliche when some people sing that song. We might sing a verse of it. And I'm trusting that you'll ask yourself the question. Lord, can I say it in actuality? Can I say it with truth? Can I say it with meaning? Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Thou art the altar workers. deception on earth to sing and to imply that God can have his own way and you know for certain that if God says certain things you're not ready for it that's a deception you know if God would ask you to make certain sacrifices you're not, you're not willing 
know that you'd have a terrible struggle even trying to make a lesser sacrifice. Let's sing another verse of that song. and try me alright he'll try you when you put his finger on something he'll try you then he's trying you now see if you're going to submit just now Last verse. Lord have mercy. Hold on my being. Absolute weight. With the spirit. Till all the sometimes because we interrupted. We're in the way and he can't have his way. It's going to cost us precious ones. 